I'm in the studio with Jay Halim. And I'm in the studio with Jay Halim. I am in the studio with Jay Halim. I am in the studio with Jay Halim. I'm in the studio with Jay Halim. You are now in the studio with Jay Halim. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jay Halim, and you are back for another amazing episode of Starve Talk. Of course, I'm biased. My show is amazing. And one of the reasons why my show is amazing, because I have amazing people. So this lovely young lady right here will be no exception. Miss Vanessa Vazard, thank you so much for taking the time out to speak with me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, the crowd got to give you some more love. Now, it's, it's just amazing because, again, I got a chance to meet you in um, an educational capacity, but you always were on point. You always were, you know, about your business. You knew about your business. Um, another thing I love about um, entrepreneurs who's already doing okay for themselves, being willing to continue to learn and continue to invest in yourself. So um, I would, from the beginning, I was impressed by that. But then getting a chance to learn a little bit more about your company and then just seeing, you know, you're a woman, woman-owned business, NPR, and in marketing, such a cutthroat, dog-eat-dog, you know, uh, you know yeah. yeah, so it's just one of those things I said, well, I have to talk to her, I really want to know about her story, so um, let's start from the beginning, you know, how did you get to where you are, what, what, what made you go in this direction? You know, um... And thank you for that. It is challenging being a woman in business um, and in marketing. Marketing is, is always about, it's not about um, what you did last year. It's about what you did last last quarter, uh -huh. <laughs> last campaign, um, because things are always changing. I, I started when I was young. Like I've worked since I was 14. Um, I started working when I was full-time, when I was 16. And... Um, I was a young mom, so, you know, I had to always just um, provide and, and, but at the same time, I had a lot of drive and I didn't want to be another statistic. Like that was, that was my motivation. I didn't want to be a high school dropout because I was, you know, in uh, my senior year when I had my daughter. Um, I didn't want to, you know, just have that life of struggle. So Fast forward in my early 20s, I started working for a nonprofit, didn't know what I was doing, just took a job as an assistant, um, but my whole world changed. It really opened my life up to a lot of different things, and I started as an assistant, but um, worked my way up, start, basically ran their development department, oversaw um, three sister agencies, um, foster care, group homes, special education, and ran you know, I did all the fundraising, all the outreach, wrote grants, um, taught myself how to write grants. Wow. And in the midst of that, I was around a lot of entrepreneurs. And I always had that spirit within me when I was young. I sold Avon and Party Light and Prepay Legal. Wow. <laughs> you name it. I was, I was trying. I was always like hustling. How can I, how can I um, be successful? And none of those worked out clearly. But um, then... I realized I had a knack for, you know, speaking publicly and doing PR work. Um, didn't really know, didn't have the education for that, but I just had a, a gift for it. Um, took a leap of faith. And in 2012, 
decided that I would start a company. Came up with the logo, the name. By 2013, um, I left that job. It was, you know, I had a company car and, and, and it was a corporate position. I was salaried. But I took that risk. Um, it was a little scary, you know, with three kids and a single parent and um, just went for it. And I started doing PR. Initially, I was in motorsports. That was my first client. Um, it was a lot of fun. And then from I served kind of multiple industries in the entertainment space. But I realized with the PR, you know, my clients needed marketing. They needed advertising. Um, so initially, I did consulting for many years. Um, and then in 2019, we went full service. So I, in the, in, along my journey, I started serving healthcare. And because I had the background in nonprofits, we niched down, started serving nonprofits and healthcare only, just to be, you know, really strong in that space. And now we're a full service agency. I love it. It's funny, though. Um, we want to go back real fast. You talked about all of the experience that you had with the prepaid legal and, and Mary Kay <laughs> and all those other things. And I was just literally talking to somebody about that. And I was saying that this, the things that you experience in your life, we might call failures, but they were setting you up for, you know, what you're doing now. So what are some of the, the things or tools that you was able to learn from prepaid legal, Mary Kay and some of the other ones that you were? Yeah. And, and then I, and then in sales in general, um, my, what I've learned is that for every no, you get, you get closer to your yes, mm. you know, and that is one of my biggest drivers is like, if somebody tells me no, I'm like, okay, cool. It's a numbers game. So if you tell me no, and you tell me no, then eventually I'm going to get a yes, because only I'm only going to get so many no's before I get that. Yes. And that's really what drives me. Um, but also is, you know, you can do those products and, and they're great. I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when they're starting out, they have different things that they've done. I've sold fences, like wow. vinyl fences, conch block wall. Like I, I've, I make sure I do what it takes to, to, no, <laughs> to handle. I, I love it. Um, I have just learned that, you know, be friendly, do what's right by people. If you're honest and you, um, you know, you sell based off of what's going to be good for the client, not just what's good for you, then you're going to do well, you know, and, and you're, all you have at the end of the day is, is your name, right? Wow. Your integrity. And I stand on that. I love it. I love it. And people need to hear that because again, somebody's, you know, they got, they keep coming up with new multi-level marketing companies and, you know, it's the new one every week. And so I've done my share as well. But what I did learn is that you're going to learn how to sell. You're going to learn how to speak. <laughs> you're going to learn, you know, you're going to be comfortable with speaking in front of people. If you wasn't before, you know, even in the failure, the training that you get from that is like you're you're ready to take over the world <laughs> because I, it just yeah. throw you out into the uh, amidst the wolves and then you got to figure it out. <laughs> No, it's so true. I feel like some of the best trainings I had, I, I worked um, in my early 20s. I like I was like 18 to like 23. I did five years. I worked in collections oh, and I was God. fifth yes. in the nation for, for City Card. Wow. <laughs> the, 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 my collecting skills. But it was because I was nice to people. And so when you treat people with disrespect, but they put you through a three week training and it talked, you know, you learned all about like different personalities and um, 
uh, hit them with a whiff them, which is like, what's in it for me. And so all those things like really stuck with me yeah. over the years of be a good listener, you know, empathize and, and what's in it for them? What's, what's going to, you know, how is it mutually beneficial? I love it. I love it. And that's, we, we kind of owe parallel. Cause I, in college, I worked at a, um, a telemarketing company for, um, the, pol- the police, the fraternal order police. And so we were asking for them to pay for decals. And so just cold calling different states. I had to, you know, literally change it. I'm calling somebody in Tennessee, so I got my real country accent on, you know, or in Florida and stuff like that. And, and exactly. So you would do then you calling people there at, you know, at they're eating dinner and you're calling right. individuals. So it's crazy. And you, you know, you're getting that no or get cursed out and slamming the phone in your face. But I remember leading the room in sales multiple times and getting little plaques and stuff like that. So yeah. you don't know where you where you down the line how that's that training is going to help you out tremendously. So right. one thing that you couldn't plan for, you left your job being a mother of three. And for you know, you said it sounded like you had a cushy job. You know, you had the car and all that other good stuff. And you need that, especially in California. Because, you know, that means they're paying for gas, too. And yeah. so then you say, I'm going to go full time. What was that transition like? Um, It was really scary. The, the thing that, you know, I, when I worked there, I had a lot of people that um, I would do fundraising events with, with these like corporate sponsors. And they would ask me to like leave and work for them. And so... I, I had lined myself up, you know, I couldn't just leave and be like, I'm going to start a company and have no clients. But so one of my, one of the guys that we did um, a fundraiser with, he, he was my first client and he, you know, it was set up to where when I left, I would start um, doing their PR. Um, but it was scary. It took me several months to really like, like we started, like I said, I founded in 2012. It was like June or July and I didn't leave until March of 2013 is when we launched. Um, and I was just by myself. I feel like everything I've done and I've learned, I kind of just dive in head first yeah. and, um, <laughs> and just have that tenacity. Like I'm gonna figure it out. Um, yeah, so it, it worked out. And then I had a in six, six to eight months within that, um, somebody I had met at a networking event, they were like, hey, you know, are you interested in, in selling health insurance and Medicare? And I'm like, no, but I do marketing. So let me know, you know, if y'all need anything. And I ended up meeting the CEO of that company. And that's how I got into the healthcare space. And I started running all their marketing. I had to learn like compliance and federal regulations. And I just was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a go for it. And you research and you do your homework and, and then you deliver. So that's, yeah, it's been a I neat journey. It. I love it. T.D. Jake said that um, in his book, Instinct, that some lions you know, um, leave the cage and they just slam the door. And then some lions got to leave the cage and leave it cracked for a little while, you know, so they'll leave out, explore, come back that night. So you sound like you're the, you're the one that left and slammed the door. <laughs> it's like, I'm never coming back there. Don't even worry about it. I'll be just fine. And so it sounded like that, that was the spirit that you had when you stepped out. But, you know, a lot of people don't have that spirit. So somebody, if you look, if you had to go back and talk to another young lady, 10 years ago, that's probably in a space, the same type of space you in. What advice would you give her when she's about to make that move and leave the job? Would you tell her to do the same thing you did or you have something different? Yeah. You know, I think like 
my friend, she actually just left her full-time job and went, um, she's a, a therapist and started an independent practice. Um, and so we just kind of actually had this conversation and the whole time I'm like, you, you have the skill sets, you have like the knowledge, um, trust yourself, trust in God, like follow this journey. You, it's the magic happens when you get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And I wish even, even when I started like my company, cause initially I started with the intention of being full service, not necessarily being a consultant. Um, but going back to where you were saying that, you know, it's kind of cushy. It's I, I was, I was comfortable. I was comfortable because this client was like, you know, paying me X amount and I was committing to this many hours a month and same thing with my healthcare. And so, but there was always this kind of struggle of almost like an employee type relationship. And so that's why a few years ago in 2019, I broke away from that and said, no, I'm really going to operate like a full service agency. And my kids were older. And so it allowed me to, to take more of that risk and to do it. Um, you know, but yeah, sometimes you have to, you really have to just trust. And, um, I would tell somebody else in my shoes, you know, go for it, go for it. If that's what you want, you're going to be successful. Like sometimes you might fail, but you're going to just pivot and keep going. Yeah, definitely. So I was going to ask you about that, about your children. How old were your children when you decided to make that, take that step? Um, let's see. My son was five. So my daughter was like 11. Um, yeah. So five, seven, no, she would have been 10 actually five, seven and 10. Okay. So three little ones. Yeah. So at this point, what, what has, what's the growth for them? Because now, you know, for a good portion of their lives, you've been entrepreneur mom. So how has that affected them? Um, my oldest is in her, she just finished her second year of college. She's, um, goes to GCU in Arizona and she's, uh, going for sports management. She wants to get her law degree and do, uh, contract negotiation mm. for NBA agents and sports, you know, so she's doing great. Um, I'm very proud of her. She's very, she has a lot of drive. My uh, middle daughter, she's, um, AP classes. She's a, a junior in high school. She's such a good kid and involved in the community. She serves on like Mentor California as a youth leader. She's on uh, the BSU as a secretary at her school. Um, so she's really actively involved. She kind of, you know, gets that for me. Yeah. Um, I serve on all kinds of boards and do all kinds of community work. And, um, and then my son, he is a freshman, he plays ball and he's, he's doing really well. All my kids are, I'm just really proud of them and thank God. I just see, I see you just reading your bio and everything like that. I see you in each one of them, but I see a split. You know, I see from the negotiation side, your oldest child, then I see your service, (laughs) you know, but now I'm seeing the competitive piece probably going to be coming out of your son, you know, playing sports. So I see all of that. And a lot of times I ask that question because of being a parent, being an entrepreneur parent, and my kids were raised around nothing but entrepreneurship. I just, you know, some kids, you know, on reform will go back away from it, back away from it. Some kids dive into it. Now, my oldest is, I wrote three books. My oldest already wrote two. 
and she's only 13. So it's like she's all into what I'm doing. And then my son is like, hey, well, you know, I'm just chilling. I mean, he's into what I'm doing, but he's like, you know, that's just what dad does. So, you know, I wanted to see how the kids responded to that because they don't really know. And sometimes we, you know, entrepreneurs or would-be entrepreneurs make the kids out of excuses of why they're not going for their dream and things of that nature. But kids are way more resilient than we ever can imagine. Do you find that to be um, accurate? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like when my kids were little, I didn't always make a ton, right? I made just enough because when my kids were little, it was like my time was worth more than my money in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. Um, I was the only one for them. So I had to drop them off, pick them up. They were in all these activities and um, they understood like mom has to work. Mom is you know, making a way and they respected it. Like they, I brought them to city council meetings. I've brought them to, you know, other kinds of meetings Sit right here. I'll be right back. You know, so they grew up in that space, but they also got the the luxury of it because I would get comp to a lot of things. So we were, you know, I remember my son when we were little, he's like, mom, we're VIP everywhere, you know? <laughs> I love and, it. We got to have, they got to do a lot of really cool things. Um, and so I'm thankful, you know, um, I just in just right now, like yesterday, got home last night at two in the morning, um, started a second company and we're doing an Airbnb like travel. So I was staging a unit um, and we just finished. It's our first one we set up and I finished at 2 a.m. last night. So they see the struggle and the, and the hustle and yeah. they're like, yeah, they appreciate it. Congratulations. Congratulations on that. Uh, that's Thanks. just amazing. And, you know, the, the, the kids' stories, it's like, and I see it because with mine, you know, I make my bones as a photographer and I've shot like the Super Bowl and things of that nature. So, like, my team is the 49ers. So, I was at the Super Bowl. See, I was at the Super Bowl in 2020. I shot that. So, in so- Miami. So, my kids were like losing their minds, you know, like dad did so this, cool. dad did that. So, they get a chance to go to school. And my daughter has pictures of me with, you know, Debo Samuel and everybody in my in her phone. And so, you know, they're like, they're okay, this is cool. And so, it's people don't really get that. Like, you didn't have your children. Like, it's not always taking care of them and it's just so bad. Like, they actually become your your team, sometimes your teammates, you know. Yeah. You know, they're your biggest support system. They're your biggest cheerleaders, all that other stuff. So, I definitely wanted to highlight that part. Like, it's not all bad because a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, I got these kids. I can't leave. Like, they're like, hey, go ahead. Rock out, mom. I got that. I got the kids. You know, I got the, the siblings. Go take those two hours and take that meeting. It might change our lives. Right. So, you know, I, I really um, wanted to highlight that. And I definitely appreciate your story and make me smile with that. Yeah. So you got a support system. And I already know they're going to be trying to protect their mom. But you're so good. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> they, um, I, I, I agree with you in the sense that people like will use their kids as an excuse. But I feel like if it's not their kids, it's something else. Yeah, right? right. Like it's always it's the difference between somebody who is determined to make something happen regardless despite you know your the circumstances and someone who's going to make an excuse um yeah. because of their circumstances and i just don't want to be in that box makes sense makes sense so you in the big bad pr and marketing world what is one of the biggest misconceptions that people have about your profession well 
a lot I get a lot of like folks who are like think I'm a publicist which is I'm not (laughs) (laughs) just because you're in PR doesn't mean you're a publicist right so um that's one misconception that I get from people there's like handling media relations and strategic communications on the corporate side is a lot different than being like a publicist on the entertainment side um which I, I respect because it it takes some tenacity to be a publicist on the entertainment side. Um, and then, you know, you get people who think like um, you can, you know, they, they don't have much going on and they're like, they want to be on the front page of this magazine <laughs> or, you know, there's a lot of that. It's like, that's, that's not how this works. Um, there's, so there's just different things that we go through. I'm very upfront with my clients. And I think just being, you know, setting up like a realistic strategic plan. Mm-hmm. One of the misconceptions with PR is people don't realize, just like with anything, it takes time. It's not guaranteed. You know, we are very diligent. We have a lot of success. Uh, my clients, you know, always get featured. And um, so, but but people think like that's going to happen overnight. And it, yeah. it doesn't, you right? You have to have that investment or they want to come to you like after something bad has happened or after they, you know, like when it's like, no, you gotta, we can do that, but you gotta invest up front and um, build your brand and build that reputation. Yeah. They, they, you know, I thought that you were going to say that about the entertainment space um, is the biggest misconception because once you probably see PR, there's automatically, they think about celebrities or yeah. something like that, something entertainment. They don't think that the government needs PR or, you know, the healthcare or, you know, things of that nature, which they do if you get educated. But another thing I'll touch on too, one of the reasons why you go through that is because now the would-be publicist, that's the first thing that they're selling to you. I know because, right. I you know, I'm a three-time author, so I've, I've actually ran through about four publicists. <laughs> But everything they said to me was, I can get you on the cover of a Forbes. I'm like, well, I don't got that much money. You know, I'm doing all right, but I ain't that Forbes. But right. I'm like, so why, why, you know, I'm not going to lie to myself. So I'm like, why, why, you got Forbes, you got this, you got that. You know, I'm like, look, well, you've been hard. You got me on the hook for six months trying to get me on Forbes. But don't you know a person with a podcast around the corner? <laughs> you know? Or, you know, up the block or that you're doing business. Like, so it's just different situations. So I think that people have that misconception um, because a lot of people that, that want to be publicists now are, like, throwing that out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. this is what we can do for you if you give us X amount of dollars. And I realize like, I don't expect anything different. And a lot of people that's realistic in business, my goal is you should know something I don't know. That's my biggest thing. Like, if I'm booking you for anything, you know, if you book me to do something, I should be telling you something different than what you already know. Because otherwise, why am I taking your money? And so, exactly, you know, so that's an integrity piece. But I think that that's one of the reasons why you run into that scenario. But you have had a bunch of um, experience working in different, you know, um, you know, areas. So which one is your favorite? My nonprofits, okay. you know, um, I, I have like when I was in motorsports, I was so much fun. So I can't even say, but that was so long ago. Um, nonprofits. I love community work. Like I have, I've done a lot of different things. I've gone into Haiti and helped open an orphanage there. I've wow. gone into Turkey and helped with Syrian refugees. 
the in the so that's just like stuff I, I I'm very active in my community from so many different programs I've created but that's why I love helping my my nonprofit clients um because I get to get paid for what I do but I I know what they need yeah. you know I, I have a very clear understanding of how they can be successful um they also need a lot of PR, right? Because if, if you don't, there's so many nonprofits, like we're in the Inland Empire. Mm-hmm. There's, I want like 100,000 nonprofits out here. So in order, you know, and they have all budget range. Most of them have a, under a budget of 50,000, which is what can you do with that, right? So that's like one founder, one CEO, and they, you know, just have this program and they're they're giving back. Um, so to shine light and to like uplift the voices, uplift the work that they do is so powerful. Yeah. Um, and I I like to make an impact. Like part of my culture at my company is we get behind, you know, campaigns that matter and shed light and lift up those voices, whether it's in the healthcare space, the government space or the nonprofit space. They all kind of tie together. No, I love that. I love that. And you said something about the, the budget. So, um, did you feel like because of the budgetary constraints that that makes other people in your um market or in your or any competition of yours run away from nonprofit? Perhaps, you know, um, there's different sides to it. Like we work with large nonprofits. There's nonprofits that have huge budgets. So mm-hmm. like we work with nonprofits that have um both large and small budgets. A lot of times they'll write a grant and they have a program, so they have funding. So like I've had clients that come to us and they're like, we just wrote this grant for, you know, X amount of dollars and we need a website. Okay. Boom. Like we can put that together. They have the budget to cover it, you know? And so there, I think there's misconceptions thinking that nonprofits don't have money. Um, even the ones that have a small budget, maybe they just need a flyer. Maybe they just need something. We, we do give them a discount, you know, cause we do our, our, our main, um, mediums are like branding creative website development advertising and strategic communications which falls under you know the pr um so we have a lot of clients that come to us for different different things the logo business card you know um and it's for us it's good right there's not a lot of marketing agencies that just focus on you know certain industries um, or when they do, they're like these big mega companies and they, you know, are charging an arm and a leg. So um, we have, we're well priced, I think, for our services. Um, and, you know, we provide great service. So it, it's nice. Yeah. Nah, it's, it's, it sounds great. I mean, because in business, a lot of people, you know, are trying to be where everyone else is. And I don't like that. I teach, you know, about my, a mechanism called being a cheese. Um, I heard it from Gary V the first time, but it was just something he was talking about and I took it and ran with it. I always give him his props though, but, um, he started out in the wine industry, of course. And I, right. um, he talked about how, you know, the person that brings the cheese to the wine festival makes all the money because, you know, you can't, if you buying wine from me and I'm buying wine from you, we're not making any money, but we both got to buy cheese to go with the wine. So for me, as a business tactic, I, I use it for networking and I talk to individuals about, putting yourself in rooms where everybody is your potential client and nobody is your competition. And I just believe that that's a great scenario. Um, Cause again, it seems like you love it. Your whole background is nonprofit. So, yeah. you know, it's a thing like mastery, like, you know, 
what they need before they even get somebody can be just getting started just got their 501c3 about to get their first grant you said you already know how to write grants like you can tell talk to them about everything about yeah. that and so talk speak to that a little bit about the mastery portion as opposed to just following the wave that's going on right right now or, or for the time being yeah, no, mastery is so key. And that's why we niched down and said, okay, let's stay in nonprofits and let's stay in healthcare. Um, you know, like you have to know what you're doing is in, in marketing, right? You have to, like, we take on new clients and sometimes they're outside of our industry and we'll do a lot of research and make sure, but that, but having that ability, um, when I started, I went through like a whole fundraising academy when I was still employed, right? So like, Everything from writing uh, an ask letter to like, what does that consist of, um, you know, to collect money, right? Because nonprofits need money. They need, so they need to fundraise, they need volunteers, um, and they need brand recognition in order to get both of those. Um, so those are like the key pieces that most nonprofits need in order to survive. And having that skill set on the healthcare side, you know, we serve. Um, we stay in mostly the Medicare space. So we work with independent physician associations, which is like a medical group. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that space very well. And we understand their needs. We understand their, you know, what their challenges are, what their, what their goals are. Um, they may shift a little bit from agency to agency, but knowing that, like I just had a call yesterday with, um, they're actually a current client, but the, they had a new, there's a new person overseeing it. So I had to like kind of do a reintroduction and he's like, oh, okay, you know, you're very well versed and you have this background and that's great to know. And so it's really key because you don't, you, you're going to sell something like you, you know, what you mentioned earlier is you need to know more than I know. Yeah. Um. And, and even my own team, I'm like, I bring on people that are stronger than me in other areas because yeah. I know that you know, you're only as good as your team. So my employees have to be strong. My employees have to be well-versed. And whoever I partner with has to have those abilities. You need to be better at me in in a different area. So that way we can complement each other. Love it. Love it. Love it. So you talked about, you know, 2019, you saying, you know what, I'm going to be full service, but then 2020 happens. (laughs) That damn 2020. Exactly. Right. So, (laughs) So what what happened? Tell talk talk about how did you pivot? How did you maintain through that time? Yeah. Um. So to be quite honest, like 2019 happened. We were trending. It was a great year. I was like, the first six months of 2019 were actually hard. Um, transitioning from consulting to full service, like it it was rough, you know. And I had some of my family that was. The first time I never took a business loan when I started, which I don't necessarily think is a good idea. Now I realize, you know, when you take a loan, you can leverage that, make more money. Back then, I used to think it was debt, and mm-hmm. um, and so my 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 thought about money shifted, and and so now I really have a good understanding and a good relationship with money. Um, that, but in 2019, you know, things were going difficult at first. And then the last six months were phenomenal. We were trying to do amazing in 2020. Um, and then COVID hit. And so my clients, everything started freezing and we're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And, um, and so 
we I started doing virtual. I started um, we ha- I had like I got together with another media agency and iHeart and Spectrum, and we mm, had you know, uh, yeah, we put together like how how to keep your business thriving and and during COVID and um and gain clients. I started like doing Zoom calls and speaking with nonprofits on a Zoom, like if they asked me to be a guest speaker, um, and. But mostly, right, like we we didn't have a lot of retainer clients during COVID. A lot of our campaigns froze. We did a lot of brand and creative, a lot of like one time projects. Um, So I I mentioned earlier I had sold fences. Well, back when I first started my company, I sold fences for like a year because my brother-in-law has a fence company and he's like, do sales for me. And I'm like, "Okay, cool. This will sustain while I launch my company. And um, and then. Over the years, I would just, I'd have a customer referral. I'd sell one, a couple fences a year because just why not? You can make good money doing it. Um, I could spend an hour and make $500 to $1,000, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I would, so in COVID happened, he called me and he's like, hey, can you, can you, um, nobody really knows this, by the way, other than like my my good friends. So I'm going to share it with you. Exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. This is like the struggle of like entrepreneurs and how things go. And so um, he's like, you know, can you do sales? Well, thank God, like it sustained me. Um, I sold a ton of fences during COVID. I guess people were at home and were like, they had all that extra money and yep. they were looking at their backyard like, I need home improvement. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we, I did that in that, like in addition to my, you know, clients and then selling like that really sustained. But most people don't know. And then at the end of, 2020 i'm like i can't do this anymore this is taking too much of my time and um i you know 2021 i was like full laser sharp focus we had our our best year ever we landed our first government contract um and it's been it's been amazing this year where we already you know it's only first quarter ended we already surpassed our numbers for 2021 Mm. so we're we're doing really great and i'm just excited to to see where things go next year listen that is amazing that is uh amazing see this is what i'm talking about this is why i say we're going to have a very very good show because people need to hear these stories because they all go into their business plan right and they write down is going to go from A to Z. I'm going to start with zero and have $5 million in five years. <laughs> and, right. but, and, it's, and the line is so straight. But the truth of the matter is the line is squiggly. It's squiggly. <laughs> and nobody tells that part. You go on social media, everybody's showing you the yacht. Everybody's showing you the Rolls Royce. Nobody's showing you the, you know, hey, and I get it. I love the fact that you didn't have a plan B. You had a contingency. You had things to hold you over, but you knew what you were going to do. You were already working your plan, working your company. You had to do what you need to do to keep things, keep your foundation afloat. But there's nothing wrong with that. And we need to tell that. Why does it, why do our people feel like, you know, it's supposed to be just so easy and not have these type of stories? I think there's a lot of misconceptions, right? And, and because social media, right, they make it look so amazing like i'm living this best life and i'm a young i'm 25 and i'm a you know an influencer and i snap a photo and i'm getting paid but you start hearing people's stories and like i slept in a car i i you know i had this happen to me and you're like what 
Yeah. I didn't actually, I just saw one of my friends um, that I've known for a long time was very successful and, you know, saw something about, he was sleeping in a car and back in the day. And I'm like, oh, holy crap, I would, I would have never known. Um, the truth of the matter is it is not like, for, for there's some people that come into the business world, maybe they grew up in a business family and they had, you know, money seated to them. That's a different scenario. Yeah. Like, for me, I started, you know, from my bootstraps and I just in, invented and made up like my way. I made my way. I made yeah. my way. And there was, I will never work for another person again. You will never see me work a nine to five. I, I'm not that way. I need to have be in a creative space and have control of my time. And um, and there's going to be struggles. It really comes down to your drive. I feel like as an entrepreneur, it comes down to your tenacity. It comes down to like, you know, you have to be willing to sacrifice. Like I put in, I was up, like I said, I got home at two in the morning because I was, you know, sacrificing for another, you know, another venture. And the, uh, sometimes I'll get up at five just so I can start my emails early you know, it's those late nights. I take my laptop with me when I travel. You have to be willing to make those sacrifices until things get on autopilot. And now I'm in a place where it's it's getting there, you know, and I'm yeah. excited and I can I have support and I have employees. And it's so, yeah, but it's, it doesn't happen overnight. I'm excited for you. I'm definitely excited for you. What is your mantra? My mantra? Um... I, you know, I don't really have like a mantra, like a saying, but just some of the things that keep me going is, is God, right? Like just having faith that through God, all things are possible. Okay. And that's probably one of the biggest things that I live by. Um, and also just, you know, to be a good person, be a good person when, when no one's looking, be a good person when people are looking and, and then smile while you're doing it. You know, you live like you got to be happy. You got to be joyful and just have grace and things that you do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love that. And I ask you that because this, you know, all this has come from my mantra. My mantra is I won't starve. That has started. That catapulted me. Well, wow. Eight years ago now to leave my job and and to start, you know, this journey and you know, now have Starve Talk and You Won't Starve is my second book and all this other stuff like that. Everything's around Starve. And so, again, we talked about my acronym, Starve, which is Stand Tall and Reclaim Victory Every Day. So what does that mean to you? Um, It means for me, like, I am not. Um, hmm. That's really interesting. It's like, I am not where I came from, right? Mm -hmm. Like I could, you could label me as all sorts of things that, you know, um, from my past or from just the single mom, the, you know, pregnant at the 17 or things that happened in my household growing up and just different things, right? So like, I am who... God has intended me to be. I'm not my circumstances. I'm not mm -hmm. my surroundings. So every day I wake up and it's like, how can I, what impact can I make in the world? Yeah. Um, whether that's through my clients, whether that's just being kind to, you know, somebody that I pass by on the street or whatever. And 
to me, it's like reclaiming that I am going to succeed no matter what, no matter what obstacles are thrown at me. Like I might have that tenacity because I've been through some stuff in my life and all that stuff just makes me who I am. It makes me stronger. It was preparing me for who I am today. It wasn't, it wasn't defining who I could, who I could be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that because, again, as I keep saying, people need to hear that, you know, um, everybody. I always I always pick on the good brother. I'm going to meet him one of these days. But I, um, Eric Thomas, a famous uh, motivational speaker. I'm from Newark, New Jersey. People yell all the time. So I couldn't stand hearing him yell and say, oh, well. <laughs> You're lazy. You don't you you want you want sleep more than you want to be rich and all this other stuff. And I'm sitting like, man, people gotta sleep, dude. Like, what are we talking about? And I, I really didn't like him. So I got into reading and studying and and you know, you couldn't really listen to like the Les Browns or the or any uh, other people without hearing him. And so I said, let me dig and find out a little bit more about this gentleman. And then when I realized that his he, the, the, it wasn't about that, it was his discipline. He actually went to bed at seven o'clock at night and woke up at two or three o'clock in the morning. But that never made it to the story. If I didn't choose to dig in, it was always I get up at three o'clock in the morning. You want to sleep? You want to sleep? And I'm sitting there like, yeah, people want to sleep, dude. Like, what are you what are you talking about? You know, and, and you that, were sleeping at seven. <laughs> exactly. But you were disciplined because if you had a job to get up at three o'clock in the morning, you know, like a FedEx job, you would go right. to bed on time so you can get up and be to work. Say that. Cause that's going to actually help somebody. And so instead of me complaining about what he's doing or not doing or somebody else, I said, let me create my own platform so that I can ask those questions. So I can give people the opportunity to actually talk about the real stuff, you know, and maybe we can help somebody to actually be able to get through that. Cause that's my passion. And that's my lot in life. I went through a lot myself and I did it alone. And so for me is like, how do I create, books, you know, platforms and things like that to make it easier for individuals that they don't have to go through the same thing I went through. Because if you really, you're not going to ever let your kids go through the hardships you went through. If you got love for people, you're not going to tell them to do it hard the way you did it to prove a point. You're going to try to make it a little bit easier. Well, you know, I was homeless, so you got to be homeless and see if you, you, you're a woman enough. Like, no, (laughs) and so that you can handle it. Yeah, Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. And I think like to your point, I read a lot of books too. And it's always, I get up at five and that's great. I think like for certain people, they can be that disciplined. I am not, I am a fluid, creative person. I'm going with the flow. Like if I need to stay up late one night till one or two in the morning and grind, I'm going to do that. If I got to you know, sleep in the next morning and, and then wake up at five another morning, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do what it takes as long as I'm going to handle my responsibility. When you were saying like your mantra, I I started going back and thinking like one of the things I always tell myself is you got this be like, yeah, I got this. Like, and that's what I repeat in my head all the time. You got this. And so I get up and I'm like, boom, I go, okay, I got this. We got her t-shirt now. It's going to be, I got this. So, you know, when she got, I got this t-shirts on her. Just say you heard it first on Star of Talk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to put it on a t-shirt now. There it is. There it is. That's branding. That's branding. I Listen, you know, um, everybody has something, and I just wanted to bring it to the forefront because, like you said, you weren't thinking about it at first, but now you had to go back and say, okay, yeah. And then, you know what? It's going to permeate through your team as well. 
you know, when you say it to your team, because I'll be perfectly honest with you, mine was a big middle finger at first. It was just like, you know, I won't start with a middle finger to everybody who thought I wasn't going to be able to do all right. But, you know, the good guy, a good guy, you know, came down and said, you know, I'm going to turn that thing around. <laughs> and um, people started reaching out to me saying that they were being blessed by it, you know, and they were taking it and believing for themselves that they wouldn't starve. I said, okay, well, you know, maybe we can't do something positive with this. But that was literally what my intention was. I'm like, instead of arguing with people, I'm just going to show you. And I would do an amazing shoot. You know, I got this shoot with the NBA or I got this. And and I would put it on my social media and hashtag it. I won't starve no matter what y'all say. Watch this. I mean, seriously, you probably can go back and find them. Because I I really wanted to show, like, oh, okay, he working this place. So this paper flew him out to shoot. Like, yeah, you know, you talking about me with my camera. I'm doing this. But it's funny about that thing. When you're doing the right thing, it just starts to transform you and it transforms the things around the people around you as well. So I can just see your team, you know, like y'all putting your hands in the middle, you know. (laughs) One, two, three, I got this. So yeah, yeah. I, I I love it. I love it. Again, just leave us with some um some words of wisdom for, you know, entrepreneurs, definitely for for young ladies who who going through some adversity but still you know want to be entrepreneurs. Just leave us with some good words of wisdom. You know, I would say that no matter what you think, like get out of your own way. You know, don't be afraid to step out. Um like I said earlier, when you get out of your comfort zone, that's when the magic happens. So take that leap, get get over that fear and trust, you know, you may not always know all the pieces. Like I used to think I had to know everything. Okay, before I make a move, I need to do that and everything has to be just so. Now it's like, no, just take action because every little step is going to get you to where you're going. You're going to look back and be like, wow, like I didn't even realize how you know all this was happening and and now you get to look back and see what you accomplished and so i would just say just go for it every day do something work towards your goal and and trust and believe in yourself because when if you start looking like how you were saying about you know you're trying to prove a point to other people like i'm gonna make it My, they didn't know what i used to do they didn't they didn't not that they didn't support me but they they didn't understand they don't understand me. yeah i get it now they're like successful business owner right (laughs) (laughs) but before it's like so if you're looking for your friends and family to be the one that motivates you that's not it like you gotta motivate yourself you gotta um surround yourself with like-minded people right so other entrepreneurs other people that are business-minded that get yourself you know somebody that you can be accountable to whether that's another friend that is you know, striving to accomplish their dreams or a business mentor. Um, those people are really powerful, you know, and and it helps to motivate you. So I would say, you know, go for it. I love you it. I love it. You got this. <laughs> you got this. Listen, I told y'all we were going to be super exclusive today. I really enjoyed myself with you um, this, this morning. Now, to let everybody know how they can find you, your website, all your social medias, and how they can book you, more importantly, you know, give you some of that yeah. money. Okay, I appreciate that. Um, again, Vanessa Bizard with Bizard Marketing and PR, and that is V like Vanessa, I-Z-A-R-D. Our website is bizardpr.com. Our Instagram is Bizard Marketing and PR. 
um, our I, uh, Facebook is Vizard PR. So you look up Vizard PR, you're going to find us. Um, Google her. <laughs> Google the Google. company. It pops Google. up. Yes. You can, um, you know, give us a ring, 951-533-6180. And we will, you know, we're here to help you. I love it. I love it. Listen, y'all already know how to stay in contact with us www.jhalim.com, www.iwontstarve.com. Go on to the YouTube page right now. Subscribe to Starve Talk YouTube page, youtube.com backslash Starve Talk. Subscribe today so you can stay and keep in touch with us and see beautiful people like Vanessa. Y'all don't want to see me, but you need to see her. Need to hear what she's talking about. Need to get some of that money. Give it to her. Give it to her. She can help you do very, very well with your business or your nonprofit. Definitely educate you on nonprofit. That's a whole nother, we got a whole nother show. I definitely got an idea for a nonprofit show with you because <laughs> it's just a whole nother thing. But in the meantime, in between time, you know, you guys definitely connect with her. Stay connected with us. And until next week, we'll see you next time. Thank you. I'm in the studio with Jay Helene. 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 You are now in the studio with Jay Helene. Recording stopped.